everyone, it's Leslie again today. I'm so happy to be chatting with Tamar today, who's a committed motivation, who's committed to motivation to transformation and a mindset life coach. Um, she helps clients tap into their true purpose, discover and acknowledge themselves and helps them to overcome the obstacles, keeping them from living a truly fulfilled life. And we all want that, don't we? She was born and raised in Israel, served in, in the Israeli Defense Forces, that's amazing, and moved to Florida in 1993. She's worked in different industries, including real estate, investment, health and fitness, just to name a few. And Tamara is a Jack Canfield uh, certified coach in the Success Principles and coaches all over the world. And today we're going to chat about Success Principle number one, which is about taking 100% responsibility. So Tamara, do you want to fill us in a little bit more about your wow, life and career? Okay, thank you. Um, yes, I, I'm about so many, so many different things and sometimes people get lost when uh, they hear I, I wear so many hats. But you know what, it's part of my personality and um, as a person that was considered a misfit well into my 40s, um, you know, that kind of, I was struggling with that a lot and um, I feel like that shouldn't be happening, I shouldn't reduce myself just so someone else can understand or I fit into someone else's perspective or, you know, the, the way where they come from, how they were brought and, and how they understand and interpret. interpret. So. Um, I found, you know, some of my work is through astrology. I'm fourth generation astrologer, um, but I really use it as an assessment tool. And so it, it helped me embrace part of my personality um, rather than uh, trying to suppress it. So yes, I have, um, you know, I'm, I do so many things and I'm loving it and I'm very versatile and that's just I mean the paintings you see behind me is is part of it but my number one passion for sure is people is coaching is speaking I'm genuinely interested in and curious about people and I focus on I focus on becoming your 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 true version of yourself in order to be that person to other people around you. That's amazing. Yes. I'm really interested in the astrology side of, of what you do. So, so how, how does that work if you're working with a client and, and you introduce that? Well, I tell them what it is exactly. I tell them I use it. It's really for myself, not so much for them, because I use it like an assessment tool as you know, astrology doesn't define us at all. Nothing really does, you know, only you. But it's a fun assessment tool for me. You know, when I look at the sun signs at different uh, different planets where they're placed on the birth chart, it tells you a lot about, you know, how you look, your outlook or how you behave or how you do things. Yeah. So it helps me understand them a little better. Okay. So we you uh, that question first about about when they were born? Yes, so I ask them and I tell them and they need to tell me that it, they're okay with that. Because really you're asking for a personal, you know, information like date of birth, the time they were born, the place they were born. Uh, that's really what you need to create a, a birth chart. Oh. Yeah. When they do agree to that, how does that kind of progress into your coaching of them? 
So when I come up with a birth chart and I look at the placement of the stars, um, you know, different planets, like for instance, I'll give you a personal example about myself. Um, the part I was struggling with most was the fact that I love so many different things and um, I, I just, you know, I can jump from one thing to another and I just want to all gobble it in. And for someone else on, on the outside, it would appear like, you know, I don't really have a direction. I, I don't know what I want, this and that. Um, and I was struggling with that because I was trying to fit into that. And then looking at my chart, you know, where my Venus is, which is the love sign, but not necessarily love, you know, for another person, but what you love doing in life, yeah. um, was in Gemini. And in the 10th house, which is my, um, well, actually the ninth house, which is the, you know, my learning and my studying. And Gemini is a air sign and they're curious and they like to talk and they like to, 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 you know, they're interested about everything. And that, for me, that was a huge piece. And I was like, wow, okay, now I understand why, you know, it's just part of my personality. I can't change that, you know? And so it was huge for me that I could embrace it rather than trying to fix it, you know? Yeah. So that's just one, one aspect, but I'm no expert. Not at all. Not not like my my mom or my her mom, but um, <laughs> they're experts. For me, it's just like like I said, a basic yeah assessment tool. Yeah, and and I think it's really important to try and know yourself so that over over here in the UK, and, and I don't know how it is where you are, but our our kids and therefore us as adults, we have to feel that we have to conform to a certain norm like thou shalt go to school and then you'll do this and then you'll do that and then you'll do the other and there's there's no sense of being an individual and knowing yourself really well to know which direction you want to go in or take that responsibility do you, do you find similar things with the people that you coach oh gosh yes <laughs> uh, absolutely because i was there i was there and I was a rebel against that, um, not even knowing why, but today, obviously, I know why. But um, it's, to me, the best investment a person can, can have is in their self. It, to understand who they are, that's like your best investment. Mm -hmm. um, you, you understand who you are because only then you understand what you want. Mm -hmm. and, and after that, go, go for it because automatically you're successful by doing that by connecting to your heart to your passion to your desire you you know and it has nothing to do with fitting into a cookie cut you know system or education system that no longer works it, it's like a thing of the past it's sad you know <laughs> i kind of get the feeling that we're in a kind of a almost like a sausage factory where every, everyone's being pushed through the same channel because everyone has to get educated and everyone has to go to university and everyone has to get this brilliant job. And it's kind of not like that at all, is it, for us? Not at all. You, do you, are you familiar with the phrase, don't let education uh, uh, interfere with your development? No. You know? 
It's like, you know how many people I know never went, to, they went to school, but they never went to universities. They didn't have like all these letters after their name or, you know, um, walking around behind their title. Yeah. Because people get stuck on that. You know, people get stuck on, oh, um, let me see your credentials. Let me see uh, what kind of school did you go to? Um, and they, they measure you. Yeah. They measure you. And instead of looking at what you can, what they can do for you, you know, like so many people have so much to offer. And that's why I'm so keen on it's, you know, forget about the cookie, cookie cut uh, education system. It, that's so, it's so 2000 years ago. And if you think about it, it's like so fear based, you know, like, why are we afraid of individuality? Like, why is that so scary? I don't know who it's scary for. I really don't know who, why, why it's scary for people or why why the education system needs to channel everybody through through the same factory. And well, it, that's to me that's in order for you to fit in some kind of grid and have somewhat of a life, you know. And don't make too much noise. We don't want to hear hard, you know. It, it's like this world could be such a different place like you know um, i don't know if i start talking about it now your head is gonna fall off and and i, I know that we were <laughs> carry on <laughs> i i want i want to go back for a minute i want to go back to the success principle that we that why is that so important and the misconception around it you know, um, when you take, and I was there, I was the person that didn't want to take responsibility. Okay. I was that kid. Um, I wanted this, but didn't want to have to do that. And, you know, and, and I was searching and searching. I wanted freedom, freedom, freedom. But then the real freedom comes exactly from that, from taking a hundred percent responsibility for your life, for whatever it is that you want. So let's go back for a minute to when we said, your best investment into an understand who you are, then it's clear to you what you want. And then you go after it because it's only up to you. It's totally up to you. It ha it's, it's up to nobody. And sometimes you have to stand alone in that journey in order to move forward, in order to succeed, to break away from your community that's like expecting you to stay with them and not grow too much. And you know, um, that there's a lot of challenges, personal challenges there, but that's exactly where you grow. And that is your ticket to freedom. Yeah. That's, that's, that is freedom to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So in terms of taking 100% responsibility, if you were, if you were advising younger people now to, to do this, how would that manifest itself? What would you say to them now? There's a question I like to ask. What is your alternative? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay. It's always a good question because then you make them think, and I love making people think, especially like younger people, you know, and not, you know, they're not, um, I like to think, I like to ask them, okay, here's the scenario. You can do this because you're, in, and let's just say you're not doing that right now. Where are you right now? And how is this serving you? Yeah. I like to show, I like to look at the big picture and I like to kind of go from the end back. 
you know, like not, okay, this is the first step and let's walk you through a little. I like to start from the end. Like, okay, what is it that you want? Now let's go back. Now, because we're so, everyone is different. Um, you know, what works for you is not going to work for this other person. But it, the, the, the principle is the same principle. Okay. So if this is what you want, what do you expect? And I like, I like for, for them to hear themselves answer questions and understand where they're wrong instead of me telling them you know how to do what to do i just like to put a present um uh, a situation and you know like we said everyone has their own system of like interpretation so everyone is going to get it differently it's that's why you know you can only go so far when you have like a workshop or you sit in front of people I, I, you know you probably know that when you talk to a hundred people a thousand people ten people um they're all gonna understand what you're saying in a different way mm. yeah do you, do you see what i'm saying I do, yeah. so it, it's it's you have to be so creative yet stick to your own you know you know, I have to really be true to myself and how I feel and, and view things and how it worked for me and become an example, not just talk about it, but I also, you know, do it. Yeah, you have to walk the talk at the end of the day, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with people? Um, probably quite a few people that I work with don't actually know what they want and, and, and that's the barrier. How do you deal with that? I try to um, talk to them about why is it that they don't know. Um, and not only that, you know, I, I'm such an asshole as, <laughs> as Jack Campbell. I love asking questions, okay? So <laughs> I ask them, why do you think you don't know what you want? Um, because really, most people, you probably know that, most people don't. I was there, I, I know exactly what, how they feel, you know? And so, so from personal experience, I can tell you, okay, everybody's voice was in my head. My mom knew what I wanted. This person, my husband wanted, knew what I wanted. Everything, anyone but me. And that's just not, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So um, I, I like to do like the passion test, you know, ask them the 20 questions. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And in the beginning, they always start with this extravagant things, you know, and then slowly as the as you you're, you reach the end of the 20 questions it's more like down to earth yeah. you know i want a good relationship with my friends and family i want a, a roof over my head i want to have you know like the sense of community of belonging of you know just feel comfortable not necessarily be a millionaire you know yeah. it's because that's not what's going to bring you the happiness it's like you you really and speaking of happiness, by the way, that inner happiness, not the one that comes from the outside, because it doesn't. Oh. Um, it, it, the, the true inner happiness comes from within. And yeah. for you to, to get to that point, you really need to know who you are and what you want. Yeah. And then when you stand for yourself, that's like you're strong, you're happy, you're content, you're solid. And then you choose what what kind of um, addition, like a, like additional value you want from the outside. 
because yeah. only then you, you know it, it's gonna come out it's gonna manifest through your relationships and through whatever it is that you want to do with your life it's a wonderful thing do you find people are sometimes kind of frightened of of discovering who they are and putting themselves out there yes i feel like people feel like they're undeserving oh okay because I, 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 you know, it has a, a, everything to do where, with where they came from, how they were brought up, the value system that they were, they had to adapt. That's not necessarily theirs. So in other words, um, that's another topic I would like to, to talk about when, when, when I do one of these TED Talks eventually one day, <laughs> is about how I, 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 our identity in the beginning of our life is formed according to people that we grow up with. Yeah. It's not necessarily, it tells you who you are. You, you come to a point in life where you have like an identity crisis, if you're lucky, because you want to break away with what you were told how to be like and what to do and if you're worthy or not. And I think that that's when people started to feel like they're, um, you know, they don't have something smart to say, no one's gonna believe them, uh, they, they're not, you know, no, no one cares, and so on and so on. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's holding them back at like one of the main points. Yeah, and do, do you think people generally understand the concept of actually taking 100% responsibility? I think they don't want to, uh, to, to like, to take it in. Yeah. They're, they're struggling with that. Um, I see that they because they want something to be handed to them without doing the work. Yeah. But like I said in the beginning, that's exactly what you need to do um, in order to get to that place. So you, you're, you're probably familiar with the phrase, everything is on the other side of fear. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. You know, and I love metaphors and sometimes I, I find that a lot of people love metaphors too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's true. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's kind of interesting how um, with, with a lot of clients I have, they come up with their vision boards and they come up with a plan about how to get there and a kind of a roadmap for the next five years, if you like. But then something stops them from actually doing it. And we talk about the fear imagined and the fear that's actually real and the fear that actually isn't real. And if you took a little baby step forward each day to all of these goals that you've set yourself on your vision board, it's kind of less scary than going, I have to have all this like tomorrow. So that there's a, it's, for me, there's not only the responsibility, but the, you get them to a point of this is who I am and this is what I want. But then it's the next stage after that. Do you have experience of that as well? Yes. So instant gratification um, <laughs> is uh, is something that, again, it's it has a lot to do with with it, it's very like amateur kind of thinking. Um, I want it and I want it now. I want it tomorrow. Why, why don't I see that tree already? Yeah. But they don't think that they have to water the soil for like five years, you know? Uh, but then something very strong is gonna grow. So I'm thinking in order to ease 
um, their thinking process about that is, okay, at least are you in the right direction? At least engage with something that um, that brings you alive, okay? And you'll see down the road that without even noticing, you're gonna one day look back and you're like, oh my God, or look at your, your vision board and say, oh, wow, I did, you know, this is where I am, that's where I am. Mm -hmm. Don't think about how you're gonna get there because that's like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. And again, and again, what's your alternative? So at least you can, you can go in the right direction um, um, because how many people do you know go to work and they're like they absolutely hate their job yeah it's it's terrible at least do something that that even if it doesn't bring you a ton of money at least pick something that you can enjoy doing you know and then on the side develop that dream or or that's how it works yeah i did that when i was um, full, full, fully employed and i got made redundant four times within about two years and I suddenly thought to myself, this probably isn't for me. <laughs> I've been an independent self-contractor for most of my life. And so on, I thought, I'll try the employee route. And it made me so unhappy. Yeah, you know? I, I, can, I can identify with you on that 100%. Yeah. And the last time it happened was probably about seven years ago. And whilst I was technically on gardening leave, I restarted up the coaching business. And my mindset has completely shifted from being totally depressed with the workload to thinking, oh, and I have this over here that I can start to develop. Wouldn't that be cool? And so I started doing it then on a, on a, on a quite low key level. And when I actually left and they gave me my final paycheck, it was kind of like, yay! <laughs> wow. It's really useful now. Wow. Nice. But I kind of, in some way felt frustrated that it had taken me so long to make that realization that I'm not I'm not good at being an employee. I'm, I'm good at parachuting in, doing stuff, and then flying out and, and doing something else. And then I've, I've decided now to make my career and my teaching career about that. If somebody says, can you just jump in and teach this or coach that? I'm going, yeah, okay, I can come for two days and then I'm out. No politics, no stress, no 110 emails a day. So, and isn't it nice? Or do you find this that having some control over your own life and your own work is so motivating? Absolutely, absolutely. Because everything you just said, you know, it's 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 clear to you. You know that clarity of what makes you happy. Yeah. You know is so important because it varies from one person to another. And let me just touch again on something that another misconception. Is that what you're doing for a living? I mean, how much are you making a year? That's it. They, they don't look at the fact that you're actually happy and you, you're comfortable and this is what you want, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how people skip that very important part of are you happy or not so i'm i'm really happy for you i mean that's that's really ideal you know yeah and when we do when we do this with um um older mature adults in class two they they kind of veer away a lot from 
um, you know, I don't want to be a millionaire. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So on our on our I want list. So if you don't want to be a millionaire and you don't want to do that, what does it look like for you? Is it like for nurses and doctors? Is it this real sense of satisfaction when you go home at the end of the day and you've saved 10 lives or something? Because that's as important. Do you want to go into Africa and save elephants and you know look after them on a nature reserve? It's perfect as long as you love animals and that's, that's what you want to do. And if it's a volunteer job, even better, you know. It doesn't it, it, if it's whatever floats your boat. No. Yeah, and I suppose the difficulty is how do we, you and I, and the rest of the Canfield trainers, how do we help people to float their boat? By example. Yeah. And one of the things, um, you know, I don't know if you heard the phrase, you, you become an average of the five people you spend most time with. Yeah. And, you know, I had a little bit of a problem with that. I mean, I was struggling with that because one of them was a good friend of mine. And um, I had to, like, walk away a little bit. And the reason I'm saying this is because that's part of being an example. Yeah. Okay, so you have to face all these challenges and because you can't change someone else. You really, you know, the, the person that comes to coaching has to bring the will with them, you know, at least the will, the, the, the open-mindedness, the, the, you know, get ready to change, to, to, to take different action because you're not going to do the same thing and change your life. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I can't go to the gym for you, you know, just like Jack Anfield says, <laughs> you know, you have to want enough to change. I can't want it more than you. So... You know, there's so many ways of, of saying or conveying a message and that's all you can do. Yeah. It's just how much do you want this? I was working with somebody the other day and she said, her parents had said all, all along that they wanted to go to uh, somewhere and study business. And I'm going, why? <laughs> <laughs> I said, is that because you don't know what you want to do or you, you want to study business because? Uh, and I mention that because so many people send their kids to, well, they're 20-year-olds to school and university to study business management and stuff because they don't have a scooby. And I have people in my class who cry. And I go, why are you crying? And they said, well, I don't want to be here. And I said, so where else would you prefer to be if you don't want to be here? And in the end, these, these kids went home. I call them kids, they're not the 20-something. Uh, and said to their parents, okay, well, this is what I want. This is my vision of wow. where I want to go. I would like you to support me, not financially, but I want. I just want you to uh, just say, okay, go for it and try it. And, and seeing, I don't know how you feel about this, but those light bulb moments when people actually discover this is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And, and you know what? I, I It has a lot to do, in my view, it has a lot to do with trust. Yeah. Because the parents don't trust them to know what they want. Yeah. And God forbid, don't... I, I, had a, I have a very close friend from high school that called me um, and he, he said, I don't know what to do. You know, I, I'm really upset because my son doesn't want to go to law school. And I said, well, what's wrong with that? At least he knows he doesn't want to go there, you know? like. Why are you so upset? 
Yeah. You see, but that happens a lot. And apparently the, the kid wants to go to, to, to take psychology. It's like the opposite of law, you know, like, <laughs> and, 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 and not only that, he told them the last minute because he was afraid of his dad getting upset. And you know how many, that's just mind boggling. Like, why wouldn't you want to know what your kid wants? Why don't you listen? You know, it, it, and there's another thing, all these parents that didn't get to do what they wanted or expected, they inflict on their kids. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So that's just delaying the process, you know, that's, yeah. but I'm so happy to hear that you have that kind of, uh, you know, response. That's great. We, we do. And I think, I think the more important thing in all of this is, is to sort of break, not break, breaks the wrong word, to give people options <clears throat> about what's possible versus the expectations of family, friends, teachers, you know, and they give them all this by advice and careers advice and they go into jobs. And I was coaching a whole load of uh, adults this afternoon on personal development and they suffer from the same thing. That they're, sometimes they're in these jobs and it's such a grind to, to get through the day and they go home feeling and, and and to have that have those options to say well there is an alternative but you have to choose to want it and, you, and then you have to go out for it and then you have to put yourself out on a limb for it because you may not be accepted for who you want to be I suppose it's very similar to, to people who come out in that way that you have to put yourself out there and become comfortable with it and then change everybody's attitudes around you. And I love what you said earlier about the sum total of the people that you spend the most time with. And I found that to be true. There is one person in my life who's a relative. And I, I just I just get that's why I don't use WhatsApp that much because she sends me war and peace on a on a WhatsApp message. And I will not enter into those conversations with her because it just leaves me feeling distraught and unhappy and I can't do anything about the complaining and the moaning and so I just switch it off and walk, <laughs> walk away from it and then surround myself with other people who are more motivational. Do you find the same? Oh yeah, absolutely. My mom is one of them. Um, <laughs> and and But I, you know what, I'm so... I, I was, I'm able today to just tell it the way it is and she knows my stance and because life is too short to talk about politics and and she likes to talk about politics but in a bad way and I'm like, mom, don't, please, let's, uh, let's use these couple of minutes to talk about good things, about, you know, uplifting things. It's not that I'm, you know, my head is in the sand. It's not that I'm not aware of what's happening. I just choose to spend my time this way, that way. Um, and she respects that, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But you know what else? People need to understand that in order for them to put themselves out there, you need to put yourself first on the priority list and not in a selfish way. It's not selfish. It's like, if you don't put yourself first, 
who are you putting first? Yeah. And you know how many people say my spouse, my kids, my mom and dad, like they don't exist, you know? But this is your life at the end of the day. It so is. the people that go to, that 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 you know take themselves to work and they hate it, they come back home, they want to forget about it with alcohol, with drugs, with this, with that. And then tomorrow's another day and and you know and they're ruining their bodies because it's all connected. Yeah. When you're in that happy solid place, you're healthy. Mm-hmm. You know? And and it's just it's all connected. I'm just looking at your gorgeous paintings behind you. Did you are you self-taught? <laughs> well, I come from a family of artists on both sides, mom and dad and uh, and you know what, but it's only if when I'm in the mood to to paint, I guess, you know, artists can relate to that. Yeah. And if I have room to do so. So, um yes. Yes, I have a huge sewing room next door because that's my other passion. I do a lot of historical dance. And, and I make a lot of the costumes for it, you know, with the big panniers and oh, wow. headgear and everything. So every, everything gets put in there and exactly like like painting, you have to be in the mood and you go in there. And at a certain point I have to stop because I can't, my mind won't go any further with the design of it or the making of it. So just yes. close the door and go back another day. It takes forever to do though. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's great. You know, hobbies are fun. Yeah. For me, one of my go-to, uh, you know, therapies is cooking. Cooking and baking. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm very good either. Do you find that therapeutic? The, the baking and the cooking? Oh, yeah. Very much. I bake challah bread once a month. Um, it's part of this this traditional kind of thing called foshat khala and then um, I cook when I get a chance when I have people over and yeah absolutely I love it you get back to Israel much well I've been just now um, in June I try to go once a year okay yeah yeah sounds like a plan <laughs> yeah very hectic but you know that's family is there so yeah yeah <laughs> As I was amazed, does, does, every, does everyone, um, when I was reading about being in the, in the military, does everyone have to do that? Well, normally it's mandatory. Okay. With a few exceptions, uh, but I didn't fall on, on any of those exceptions. Um, so I went to the army and also my daughter, which was born here, she actually went on a volunteer kind of service. So she went for two and a half years, yeah, and she was there too. It, it, it changed her a lot tremendously. It gave her a lot of discipline and structure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's probably what, what a lot of people need is to know the difference between discipline and structure, when to use it and when to be, when to be arty and creative and what have you. So I think it's probably a great thing to have, for her to have done and for a lot of other young people to have done as well. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention about being responsible? Well, you have to be completely honest with yourself and have that honest relationship with yourself and ask yourself those tough questions. Here's my life today. Do you want to wake up five years from now finding yourself in the same place do you want to you know you're going to wake up your 70 you're going to wake up your 80 
do you want to get to that point and look back and say why didn't i do this earlier why did it's never too late it's never too you know i don't care how old you are it's just never too late and you can do it right away right away it's because most of the work is in your mind it's really not anything physical you know that yeah so that's the that's the good news yeah i think a lot of people do some of my older clients actually say well it's just too late i'm i'm nearing retirement and then i'm saying well isn't that cool because you've got all this time now to spend doing things that you are really passionate about rather than doing the job that paid the mortgage and now the mortgage is paid off so isn't that great you know mm-hmm. your house is your own you can go off and do all sorts of things they are oh, really and, and i find yeah. that a lot, i find that a lot with early retirees that they they fall into a hole of i used to work and now i don't feel useful to anybody so it's kind of finding ways isn't it to help them be useful I'm, I'm going to guess are these people are in a relationship like do they have a spouse most of them yeah see i think that's another fear where i don't want to change on my spouse because how is he going or she going to receive that yeah and you know and and that's also a, a huge test in a relationship so I, I, are you in a relationship because it's convenient because it's you know you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to make any changes you you, you don't know how the other person is going to receive that yeah. or react to that um, my question is going to be what are you what is it when you say it's too late it's too late for what and in their words I would try to understand like um, what is it that you're that you just prefer to, to stay in your comfort zone which yeah. is which isn't comfortable at the end of the day and it's costing you your health and and, and mental health and, and so on you know um, yeah but at the end of the day it's really up to them what I have learned from you today is um, all these all these open questions that I hadn't thought of asking before you know you sort of you have your own sort of set of questions and I think some of, some of the questions you've come up with today I hope you don't mind but I'm going to pinch them <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know my, my some of my friends laugh at me you know when I when I come and I they know I'm going to ask questions and uh they, they're like oh no here's a Tamar question you know like <laughs> and and I actually want to write a book about it but um I'm, I'm so glad I'm Absolutely. This was, was such a pleasure talking to you. You too, Samara. It's been just absolutely brilliant. And I'm so glad that we've been able to catch up today. And, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to stop the recording now and then we can just sort of chat amongst ourselves. Okay. But okay. Yes.